Hello everyone, this is the podcast of Hack Your Brain, the podcast where you will find the techniques and different things that you can use to hack your brain and your mind. Here we go. Well, we are going to start with this podcast saying that you are not who you think you are. Your personality and identity is significantly more malleable than you realize. With a few simple tricks, you can employ your brain's innate functionality to change just about anything about yourself. Here's how. You are not necessarily the person you think you are. You are not who you are, but rather the product of many influences. The same, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, except for a reason. The longer you have been the person you think you are, the harder it becomes to change. The thing is, you can dramatically change who you are. It's actually not so much that it's difficult to change, but that you have developed patterns and habits that make it easier to do things the way you do them. Trying something in a new way can feel very awkward. It will be generally less efficient by virtue of being something new to you and it often lacks excitement for you when it involves giving up the comfort associated with your way. That's not to say you aren't born with some ignorant abilities, but most of what you consider part of your identity is a product of influence. While we don't know the exact variety of nature to nurture, there is undoubtedly a combination of both that make us who we are. We have a tendency to think that change is difficult, but it's really just a matter of changing your influence. You are probably familiar with the Stockholm Syndrome, the term used to describe how ostache victims, victims tend to de develop positive feelings towards their captors. Stockholm Syndrome isn't a kind of brainwashing by the captor. Instead, the victim adapts to the poor situation he or she is in. If most people can adapt to something as awful as being kidnapped, most people can adapt to more positive changes in their own lives. You can even make enormous changes if you are willing to put in the work and you provide yourself with the proper influences. We are going to look at how to do that on high and low levels from priming your brain and to manipulating your own emotions and also look at how your environment and the people you know shape your life. Most of these methods won't make you feel comfortable and at times they may sound a bit crazy but it's possible to have your own brain. Here are just a few ways to do it. First of all, priming your brain. Priming is a ridiculously simple technique because all it involves is talking to yourself. On the dual end of a spectrum, it's similar to self-affirmation. On the crazy end of the spectrum, it bears some similarities to the neurolinguistic programming. Priming your brain involves reciting a given set of words that are designed to alter your mindset. It's no brain's watching and it cannot make you do anything you don't want to do. What it can accomplish, however, 
is putting you into a state of mind that will be more useful to you with a given situation or task. Before we get into the specifics of how to prime your brain, let's talk about how and why it works. If you were to say the word mustard out loud, and then you were to see a portion of the word later, you'd be reminded of mustard. For example, if you were to say, I must have this, you might be reminded of mustard because of the word must. If you were hungry and likes mustard, you may even want some. It's the same phenomenon that compels you to buy a particular brand of shampoo that you saw on television, even if you don't remember seeing the commercial and couldn't care less what kind of shampoo you use. This is essentially how priming works, and it's all thanks to your memory. While you're not going to remember everything you say, that doesn't mean what you say is gone forever. While everything is stored in your recent memory may not be immediately accessible, all you really need to bring something up is trigger wall. This is conceptually similar to using Acronym as a memory tool, but isn't designed to help you actually remember anything. Instead, the goal is to place common words that when apart have no real specific value, but when together have an associated value that make you think of happy things, sad things, specific people or ambition. If any of those common words come up again later in the day, you will immediately associate that word with the associative value of the group. If you have ever found yourself making out of character decision based on your emotional state, such as bringing, bringing on ice cream after a breakup, you know how easily your feelings can overtake your actions. Rather than letting your emotions lead you toward poor judgment and irrational behavior, however, you can learn to compensate for different emotional states and to fabricate emotion to alter your mood. In order to do that, you need to simply put get in touch with your feelings. The idea isn't so much to cry into a pill about your wasted childhood, but understand what you're feeling when you're feeling it, what the root causes, and what you can do about it. We're going to take a look at how you can dissect your emotional state to use it to your advantage and also look at how you can fabricate emotion to change how you're feeling. Taking an acting class. You can't really control your emotion if you don't understand them, and one of the best ways to understand them is to take an acting class. To some this may sound fun, and to others this may sound like hell. Love it or hate it, acting lessons are one of the best ways to explore how and why you feel certain things. Your goal should be to find a class that will make you uncomfortable every time you go. In my experience, any class teaching the Meissner technique is very effective if you put a lot of effort, a lot of effort into the exercise. It can be slow, tedious and uncomfortable, but it's capable of bringing out emotion you might not realize you have. Make yourself uncomfortable. 
Your emotional influence falls if you are not really doing anything. So you need to put yourself in uncomfortable situation in order to bring them out. This doesn't mean you should make yourself feel horrible, but that you should go out and do things that you might resist because you are worried about the downsides. Meeting new people is something that makes most people uncomfortable and it's a great place to start, especially if it's a first date. Try new things that scare you. If you notice you are glued to the couch and don't want to get up, do the opposite. Spend time with people you don't like. Go to a movie you are sure you will hate. Your experiences won't always, won't always be pleasant, pleasant. But they should incite emotion that you can later analyze, analyze and better understand. Keep track of how you feel. Like an abbreviated diary, every time you have an emotional reaction to something, write it down. You don't need much detail, but just a sentence or two, noting the emotions you are experiencing and the possible cause. For example, I get extremely irritable when I'm hungry. I will lose my temper far more easily when I'm angry. So whenever I notice myself thinking irrational and sometimes hateful things, I always remind myself that I'm just hungry. I will eat in a minute and the asshole who accidentally missed the garbage can and didn't notice is mostly a result of my frustrated stomach. Until I started to pay attention, I never really noticed that I was a jerk whenever I was hungry. Instead, I just thought I was a jerk. This is a simple sample, but the point is this. Pay attention to how you feel and the other issues currently present, and you will find it much easier to manage your negative emotions.